Welcome to the Inspiring Leadership podcast series. This is aimed for you aspiring leaders, whatever level you're at, whether you're beginning out in your careers as managers and leaders, whether you're in middle ranking roles, or whether you're CEOs and chairman of boards, there's always something we can all learn. And it's particularly the skills, stories, tips and techniques that you can pass on to those you lead and your teams. Hello, I'm Jonathan Bowman-Perks and welcome to my favourite time of the month. And this month I thought I'd review the first eight, the first month's worth of podcasts because it's been a great first month and thank you for all your support and subscription and lovely reviews that you've given. Please keep them coming and share share the message with them of these, these amazing different leaders that I'm fortunate enough to meet and to share their wisdom and experience. So who have we had? We've had the Deputy of the Army, the General, General Sir Nick Pope. We've had Dame Alison Nimmo, the CEO of the Crown Estate. Um, Major General Paul Nansen, the Commandant at Sandhurst and in charge of all the training for officers and soldiers throughout the Army. Colonel George Mendonca, working at the Grosvenor Estate. We've had uh, Anna Hemmings, MBE, an Olympian, six-time um, uh, world champion. We've had Alistair Kett, uh, a senior PwC partner and former Army officer, and Brigadier Jim Richardson, who was a brigade commander in the Army and then went on to become the CEO of the Hague Housing Trust. So what's the theme of these first eight? Is there a common, common theme that people are picking up and writing in the very nice reviews that they're doing. I think <clears throat> people were sort of saying, these guys have, have, these men and women have had tough jobs, uh, tough careers, but they've thrived on, they've thrived on it. That they've, they've all shown a lot of courage, um, that they're prepared to learn, they're prepared to make mistakes, and they have the humility to get feedback and listen from it. Like they learn every day. They talk about the fact that it's a lifelong learning experience. And they also have shown an immense amount of discipline, where it, whether it be as a, a world champion in the um, canoeing and then going to the Olympics, or whether it be uh, army officers in combat, or, or people just in really tough jobs like rebuilding Manchester after the IRA bombing. Um, they're also very reflective people. I, I found it really interesting being with them because they think about their experiences and how they can pass it on to other people. And, and they're these lifelong learners. They're, they're never so arrogant that they think they know it all. Um, also, very quick to be open and appropriately vulnerable to admitting to their mistakes because it really is a, a measure of a leader whether they ever think they've made mistakes. And if they think they haven't made a mistake, then that is a problem. And also, they love this idea of being team coach. Uh, certainly, Dame Alison Nemo, Nemo came out with that as, you know, she was the team coach and bringing them on. Um, or that they've been prepared to push others forward, but then when the times are tough, they will lead and they'll be the ones that go to the front. And I think of um, when I was with the Scots Guards who served on Mount Tumbledown and the Falklands and my platoon had been to war, sadly, I hadn't, but then who knows, if I'd been to war, I might have suffered grievously, as many of them did. But they found that sometimes the officer uh, or the leader was at the back encouraging, but other times when the times were toughest, the leader was expected 
to go to the front. And that's the same in business, though far too few business leaders do when the times are tough, go to the front. Instead, they sacrifice somebody else, the PR person or their marketing director or someone else to take the bullets because they don't want to take it themselves. They've got too much of a protection of themselves, but not in the military. Serve to lead and the fact that you don't expect anybody to do anything you wouldn't do yourself. That doesn't mean you get stuck in the guts of an organization and meddle in the small stuff. You let people get on with their job. And the other thing which came as a theme throughout them, all of the eight of them, is this phenomenal resilience, bouncing back from disappointments, from successes, or from mistakes. But certainly, you know, particularly with Anna Hemmings, who amazing uh, lady talking about her resilience, and I'll talk about that later. So as well as being fortunate to uh, interview these eight leaders in the last month, um, I've also been busy coaching people, doing some speaking events and some team coaching. And it was particularly the team coaching stayed with me recently. Uh, I was doing a team coaching event. And it's this balance between self-awareness um, self and the preparation before uh, a team event where individuals get the psychometrics and the feedback, whether it be our inspiring leadership tool about their performance and their potential, or there's other tools that we use. And um, also the mutual awareness uh, and awareness of their impact on others. Too few people really are aware of their positive or negative impact on other people and the shadow that they cast, whether it be a good one or a bad one. But self-awareness, mutual awareness, really important. And then a key theme, and it came up in the interviews as well, but it certainly comes up in team coaching events and team facilitation, is this aspect of trust. Are you worthy of trust? Would people follow you? Do they believe you are consistent and reliable? And when you say you're gonna do something, are they sure you are? Or are you gonna screw them over and they'll be left vulnerable because they did something and you've changed your mind and never told them and then never admitted it was your mistake, but blamed it on them. And in these team events, I found the most powerful one is when you do build up a level of trust and there is healthy, constructive conflict. If there is no conflict and it always seems nicey-nicey, that's not credible and it's not believable. And um, I think it's this appropriate vulnerability and that they will share stories about themselves and their experiences so people can better understand who they're working with. Because a bit like Alistair Kett talked, talked about in his session, that the triangle of feeding the beast, that turning the cracking the handle, just doing the transactions, the bit of theater and motivation and inspiration that you need to do as a leader, but not too much. And that real bit in the far, the far right corner of reality and authenticity and admitting when you don't know and encouraging others and asking them questions. So that combination of trust, but if there's sufficient trust and psychological safety, then you can be appropriately vulnerable. And when you are in the right group, then you'll know that in a tight corner, you can trust each other and who you can ask for. And then the other thing which came up of this course, beware ego. The ego is the enemy. And when people get so full of themselves or they take the credit for themselves, that gets dangerous. When they're willingly giving credit to other people and acknowledging people's successes, people's strengths, and looking for the best in people rather than trying to tear others down in order to lift themselves up, then that's really good. 
And the other thing to beware of is comparison and people who are massively competitive. Competition is good, but not when it becomes what we call relative deprivation, where they're constantly comparing themselves to other people and they feel good or bad, depending on how they do in comparison to others. Just do your job really well and you will be rewarded. Um, but don't constantly be comparing yourself and thinking you're either good or bad relative to other people. Just get on and do a really great job. So that's um, my first thoughts about the first month of the podcast and the fascinating leaders that I've been lucky enough to interview. Looking forward to the next month and we're going to have some really great people. We've got Colonel Tim Collins, Air Marshal Sir Graham Stacey. Um, we're going to have this is going to be one of the podcasts um, episode 11, Richard Fenning from Control Risk, the former CEO there. Nathan Newton Willington, who is a personal trainer who uh, at 30 years old has achieved a lot in his life and admits the mistakes he's made. Um, Colonel Johnny Gray from Control Risks, and now he's going on to be the CEO of the Tennis Integrity Unit. Paul Cleal, a senior partner of PwC and now a, a coach. And the final two is Ashok Gupta. And Ashok is both chairman, Ned, and being a former CEO. And Alexander Niggy, who is the CMO at Emirates Airlines. So a fascinating group. We'll be talking about stoical philosophy uh, and your attitude defines your altitude. Your attitude defines your altitude. Hi, I'm Jonathan Bowman Perks and welcome back to Inspiring Leadership Extra and my favorite time of the month. And this time in our first month with the first eight podcasts, I thought I'd delve into the different uh, leaders that I interviewed and what themes came up, what do they talk about that uh, stayed with me and with other people who heard them speak. Firstly, we had Lieutenant General Sir Nick Pope and Nick, I've known for a number of years, he was a fellow Royal Signals Officer and went all the way through the ranks to become the number two in the army, the deputy chief of the general staff, having also been on the army board as the MGO, the Master General of the Ordnance. Um, very bright Cambridge graduate who was sort of on a winner, but always different, thinking ahead of the usual approaches, trying to be a little bit alternative and bringing in best practice wherever he could from um, business as well as from the army. He talked about the stages of your career and what's your life plan and how good are you at empowering and trusting people. People talk about it, but do they really let their people fly? Do they give them the chance to be their best? The crucial nature of you engaging with all the stakeholders that you have at all levels, it's an ongoing issue and you should never underestimate its importance. And how the people that he'd worked for are able to give a very clear mission and vision, a purpose, and measuring themselves and the organization and you against it. And then he had the humility to talk about some personal mistakes that he'd made. Um, and, and he actually said, look, looking back, I, I should have been less arrogant and I could have communicated better with people. And his three messages were sort of staying positive and watch the language that you use. Words do create worlds. And you know, language can be quite toxic or it can be very positive and uplifting without it being unrealistic. Embrace challenge, embrace change and just smile more because as a leader, people are looking to you uh, to be inspirational to them. 
Then we, um, next up, we had um, Dame Alison Nimmo, the CEO of the Crown Estate. And she, I found really fascinating, this, this whole concept of the power of purpose. And when she worked with Sir Howard Bernstein in Manchester, rebuilding it, every day they felt a sense of purpose. And she also was involved in the Olympic Delivery Authority. And again, there, that sense of purpose, and you had a deadline, you had to deliver these things. And leadership being, you know, what works for you, it isn't one size fits all. And the real importance of leaving your ego at home, that too many leaders do get carried away with their own sense of self-importance. She saw herself as a team coach, and I, I encourage all of you, as well as leading people, to be able to be the team coach to them and have a clear strategy, make sure everybody understands it. It's no good having a strategy that sits on a dusty file on a dusty shelf. Um, she also had this, this great belief of let people find their wings and fly and get up onto the bridge. Don't be stuck down in the engine room doing all the stoking of the coal yourself when you've got people whose job it is to do it. Um, it really is important to do that. It builds trust. It builds honesty. And you've got to be very consistent about that. From the experiences that she had, and I was fortunate to be her coach, she, she really said that she learned to hire slowly, fire quickly, and that leadership is what you do with people, not to people. And to encourage the people who work for you to be citizens of not only the organization, but the community, not just mercenaries working for you. Um, what else did she talk about? I think mistakes she she was very candid about you know she looks back and she realized she's made mistakes in her home life and in her work life and particularly in work life um the mistake of hiring psychopaths every once in a while without realizing that and their bad behavior and their bullying and that you need to uh, really tackle that very quickly then we're on to uh, the commandant of Santist, uh, interviewing him in government house his um, his residence which was fascinating. Uh, a man who's uh, been to the Gulf War, uh, learned the hard way about what really works. And I want to spend more time uh, with General Paul Nansen because not only is he a general, but he's also a qualified executive coach. And he has a real skill in doing that. But authenticity came across once more. He said, you know, be yourself. These cadets who come to him, they were hard as themselves. So to be yourself, because trying to be someone else, you become a fraud and people find you out. Yes, there's certain good behaviors that you should show and, and certain values that you should show, but it's got to come authentically. Otherwise, people can smell that. Never stop learning was a big theme he had, that it's all about teams um, and teams developed by good leaders. And, and that being one of the key aspects of life at Santist, teaching empowerment and taking extreme ownership with the concepts of mission command that we've talked about, the commander's intent and the freedom to act that you, you have. And the, the real focus on problem solving, messy, complex problems that are not easy, and that not being afraid of decision-making and making decisions at the earliest possible age, at the lowest possible level within an organization. The motto of serve to lead, which has been there for all of us, that, that you wouldn't put people before yourself as the leader. And too many people I see in business do put themselves first and pay themselves obscene amounts of money, expecting people to grub around at the bottom without actually being recognized or appreciated. 
He also uh, had a fascinating conversation about reserve officers and those transferable skills that reserve officers have. So if you do have people in your businesses who are interested in doing reserve service in any of the armed services, please encourage them to do that because you get back men and women who are very fine leaders with additional skills that they would never get with you. Because to be honest, in many businesses, there's so little money spent on developing people. Some organizations do it, but nothing compared to the amount that is invested and has to be invested because lives are at cost in the armed services. And if they aren't properly trained and well-led, people will die. Philippa Snare, the CMO of Facebook, was the fourth one we had. And Philippa, I've been fortunate to work with before, uh, a very inspiring uh, woman who really lead with your personal values. Don't compromise because to compromise is to, to give up your soul. And she's always been someone who's been open and honest. She admits at times it's probably got her in trouble when she has been so frank with people. But I think dancing around a topic and not telling the truth is worse than being open and honest. But choose your moments, I suppose, is the, the tip and the advice. Um, three things that she talked about, people, purpose and positivity that she always tries to bring to the various jobs that she's done um, in Microsoft and um in Scoot and and then in Facebook where she is now. And she mentioned a number of the inspiring leaders that she had and was particularly keen on talking about the difference a team can make and how they get welded together doing a particular project that they did in this particular case with the Prince's Trust uh, around reducing knife crime. And also she personally has been a great inspiration to the young women and the volunteers in the Inspiring Leadership Trust, which my wife Lee Bowman Perks runs. Then George Mendonca was fifth up. And George, uh, after 30, uh, 26 years in the army, um, it has become a very successful board member at the Grosvenor Estate, uh, which is owned by the Duke of Westminster, uh, probably business and, and very successful it is too. And we talked about the good, the bad and the ugly examples of leadership. We talked about uh, how you can be misled and um, a bit... Um, caught off guard when someone you think is absolutely charming and good to work with turns toxic when given the moment, their moment in the sun uh, to shine, in, in fact, actually turn the team off and get carried away with their ego. Keeping it simple, people try and make things far too complex. Keep it as simple as you can. And the chemistry that's so important between you as the leader and your team members and between individual team members to create great teams. Then number six on was Anna Hemmings. And Anna, I've known for a number of years, she trained me and my wife, Lee, in the heart math resilience approach. And boy, she's got some great experiences about really the highest level as an Olympian and six times world champion in kayaking. She really has pushed herself and trained so hard from an early age in her 20s. But well aware that you've got to have clear goals, but you've got to have time for recovery and balance and look after your mental and your physical health and well-being because if you don't it will it's a debt that will be needed to be repaid at some stage and she talked about for certainly a year she was hardly able to get out of bed with chronic fatigue syndrome and it took her two years to get back and start winning medals again but she did uh, and some great stories on resilience from Anna. The last two was Alistair Kett and I was lucky to spend time with Alistair, who is PwC partner, but also began his life as a Royal Regiment of Fusiliers officer 
who saw some really fine leadership as he trained with uh, one of his battalions before they went off the Gulf War, where he had to go to university and so didn't go with them, but then saw them on their return. And they were a very different battalion, having been through the scorching furnace of battle and how some um, came out of it well, others um, were more tragic. But the point is that he learned so much from the fine leaders who'd been in those situations and had learned from them. So can you find fine leaders and learn from them yourself? He also talked about the fact that it's only looking back that he reflected that he'd been well led. You perhaps don't think about it at the time, you're just enjoying it and having a great time and you know, at your finest and in flow. But you certainly, when you've got a toxic leader, you know about it instantly if your leader, if he or she is toxic and you're going home and grumbling about them and you're switched off and you're not giving your best. And so the organization's paying you, but you're not giving your most. So Alistair and I then had an extra session and um, some fascinating discussion on there about a whole range of leadership tips. And I advise you to listen to that. And the final one this month was Brigadier Jim Richardson. And again, we had the interview at the Hague Housing Trust on site. Uh, and then we had an extra session after Queen had visited. And Jim, again, also a fascinating career from um, private soldier, Royal Signals, to brigade commander. And he was also lucky enough to work with General David Petraeus, the American uh, inspiring leader who really had courage in his convictions. And General Petraeus set up his brains trust with getting the best and the brightest in. And Jim was very lucky to work alongside a man who's now become General McMaster and um, learnt a lot from both these leaders. Talked about being present and, and when the Queen came to visit and spent perhaps an hour with Jim as he was showing her around these um, new properties for soldiers in need and who've been through some really tough times and how incredible she is at being present with people and genuinely being interested in people. And that's a skill that we all should adopt. And it's something I keep working on myself, this idea of really being present with people and what can I learn? And I, and I think someone taught me that really, if I listen to learn from everybody that I'm with, then you will be really present because it might be learning about how not to do things as much as how to do things. And then finally, really being very clear on having a role with purpose. I suppose it links back to Alison Nimmo and, and doing purposeful work. And he found that by taking these people who are working for the Hague Housing Trust out to the battlefields of the First World War and Ypres and seeing how people gave their lives and how grim it can be in the armed forces, people who were working in his organization who'd never served in the military could see that their job, whatever it might be, um, whatever the role was, it might not be particularly glamorous, but it was an important one. And it ended with a, an end result with people's lives being improved and then really ending with a bit on situational awareness. So a, a really great month. I think this, these underpinning things of books like The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday, I'm really finding stoical philosophy very helpful through tough times and good times. And you know, really doing what you love. And, um, you know, if you try and teach a fish to climb a tree, it will be always be unhappy. Of course it will, because it's not what it was meant to do. So find what your calling is and what your purpose is and do that. And 
really have a clear focus and stop worrying too much about others' opinions. Clearly be emotionally intelligent, but, but they're all really saying, focus on doing your job well and, and then you'll enjoy your job and they'll know it and they'll willingly follow you. Anyway, so that's a little bit more on the first month and the review of some of those eight uh, amazing leaders and that we've got the next eight coming shortly. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. Bye for now. So now you've heard from one of the inspiring leaders that I've interviewed, what are you going to do next? If you want to get some more free material, go to my website, jonathanperks.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Bowman Perks. And there you can get access to my books, uh, Inspiring Leadership and Top Tips for Inspiring Leaders. But if you want to actually do something about being a leader and constantly improving your game, raising your performance, get in touch with me about coaching you or one of your team that you want to raise the game for them. It's got to be people who want to be good to great, not people who you're trying to fire. And if you're looking for a motivational speaker, get in touch. Or if you want me to work with your team coach, I would be delighted to help you.